Hey, it's Hashi. I'm discussing housing inventory, Glenn Kelman's warning about the American dream and consumer sentiment. Today is Monday, October 9th, 2023. I'm Byron Lazine, and the Hot starts now. Uh, welcome to this Monday edition of the Hot Sheet. Let me know if you're in the live chat right now, which market you're tuning in from. I'm back up in my Connecticut studio joining all of you guys and excited to uh, kick off the week with inventory as we always do. But first, if you want the most out of our BAM content, then join BAMX. We've got our private community, all of our courses, and our best content living right in BAMX. You can get into BAMX by using code HOT to get 10% off uh, this Wednesday Myself and Tom Tool are doing a business planning webinar that's open to anybody. But after the webinar, the after party will be, of course, in BAMX. So use code HOT to get 10% off of that. Haley, let's make sure we have the webinar uh, for the business planning 3 p.m. Eastern on Wednesday linked up down below as well. So people can sign up for that if they'd like to attend that. Let's go into inventory as we do every single Monday, kicking off the week. Looking at what's most important to the housing market, it is inventory. Uh, in fact, inventory has been so low and so undersupplied over the last 10, 15 years that it is what is impacting affordability the most. Yes, I believe that even more than 8% rates, right? We've seen 8% rates in the past. We've seen 7.5% rates in the past, but we've never seen it with this little uh, inventory. And so typically when rates go up or shoot up like they have, you might expect or see home prices to come down. That hasn't happened really in almost every market across America. The reason is we don't have the inventory. So we want to keep an eye on this uh, and continue to monitor it. And let's take a look at Housing Wire and Altos Research update here for the week, the weekly housing inventory data uh, dump that they do every single week. One of the inventory uh calls that logan is saying he got wrong is uh is that inventory would grow between eleven thousand and seventeen thousand if we got above seven uh seven percent on the interest rate now this is what we're talking about this just hasn't happened okay so people are holding on to their real estate if you go back and listen to some of last week's especially the friday free format friday hot sheet Everybody's calling for this Airbnb bus. They say, hey, this Airbnb bus is going to happen. There's going to be all these homes on the market. Distressed sales. Well, where are they? We keep waiting for them. We don't see them. The inventory just isn't hitting. And so you would expect that as rates go up, it's going to squeeze investors. It's going to squeeze some homeowners into having to sell. Nope. Uh, having these low mortgage rates is one of the best hedges against inflation, it turns out. Okay. So uh, let's take a look here exactly where we're at for the week. Inventory rose from 534,726, 746 rather, to 537,000 plus. Okay, so we had over a 2,000 plus pop on active inventory. The same week last year, we only had a 1,000 uh, unit pop. Okay, so from 561K to 562K, same week last year. So we're still year over year negative on active inventory. But this week did generate double uh, the homes on the inventory scale as we did last year. Now, we're still growing very slow. This is, this is a small number. I'd like to see it obviously bigger. 
um, and get over uh, last year's mark. The inventory bottom last year was 240,000. The inventory peak this year is where we're at right now, 537,032 uh, active listings in 2015. This time we're well over 1.15 million. So we're way off of that mark. Of course, uh, the Altos data uh, slides, those, those are all going to be available in the download section of BAMX. For BAMX members, we put everything into one neat, organized place for everybody to grab. That's a BAMX member. Uh, here's the new listing data. Finally, finally, for new listings, we are touching the line that for this week, this year, Compared to the same week last year, we are even. 58,103 for new listings last uh, year, same week, 58,083. Actually, we gained a net 20. Okay, so you can see here if you're uh, viewing on YouTube, our 2023 line has not touched 2022 all but one or you know a few, handful of times in the beginning of the year. It has been the lowest 13 months. The past 13 months has been the lowest on new listing data ever since they started collecting this data. Uh, still, when you look back on the whole year, we're well below 2022 and 2022's markers for new listings. Uh, but hopefully, as we get into the fourth quarter here, we'll start to see that go up. If we can see more new listings come on the market, if we can collect more inventory, this will dampen prices okay less people can afford right now that's the reality of this market with eight percent rates let's just be let's just be frank these eight percent rates and what's going on with inflation is beating up the bottom third of every market and specifically housing more than anyone else uh people with lower incomes lower search uh lowing looking on the lower search uh criteria of homes they're getting hurt the most the lowest income folks uh typically do in these situations and that's what's happening right now okay uh the percentage of price cuts so so the more homes can come down uh, and rates aren't coming down anytime soon the more home prices can come down the more we can help uh people who are uh getting priced out of this market the percentage of price cuts for the same week over the last few years so last week 38 percent uh, national single family listings with a price decrease. The same week last year was 42%. 2021 was 29%. So we're still below last year's mark for price uh, listings with a price decrease, but we're well above um, the, the few years prior to that, okay, at 38%. So uh, still trending high. And remember, last year, fourth quarter, beginning of fourth quarter and going into the the end of the year last year you saw prices reduce you you saw you saw this in a lot of markets prices come down there's a seasonality component to that uh, but the shock of the interest rates which peaked out in october of last year for 2022 the peak was october okay the peak this year it just might it just continues to accelerate so we don't know really know where it's going to be on the interest rate but it peaked out that pain was felt through the fourth quarter. Coming into January, it was like, whoa, there's not a lot of buyers around. You had the seasonality component. You had the unaffordability co component uh, going on. And then in January, boom, light switch. I don't expect 
the light switch of demand to be as strong in January 2024 as it was in January 2023. Real estate professionals need to be prepared for this January being similar, best case scenario, or more likely scenario, a little worse than 2023 in terms of demand, in terms of how many people can afford real estate when we're right now, October is going to be the most unaffordable market in history. It beat September of 2023, which held the record by beating August of 2023, three months in a row of uh, the most unaffordable markets. The, these are the realities that we're dealing with. One of the reasons why is when you look at the treasury and we'll take a look, the 10 year uh, treasury yield, and we'll take a look at where it sits today. We're at the highest point since 2007 on the 10 year. And we've broken that magic number of four and a half. Every time you break four and a half, going back to 1790, when you look at the 10 year, every time you break four and a half, you're up above it for uh, an extended period of time. And that's where we're, we're kind of looking at higher rates for longer. We also have a little bit of a debt uh, thing going on here in this country. If you, if you even pay half attention to what's going on with the debt problem, it's getting harder for America to sell uh, and and uh, and get debt, to sell their debt, basically, um, for people to invest in. And so those 10-year rates, those longer yields have got to go up. You're going to see as, as the, the more of this happens, the 10-year yield and the longer uh, yields go up, more people pull their money out of the stock market. Stocks go down. Hurts average Americans when stocks go down that are invested in the stock market. But they pull their money out of those stocks to go into this safer long-term uh, yields. Okay, so you you get you can have a scenario here where equities, the stock market is going down. Rates continue to go up, which we know what the 10-year does to the 30-year, continues to push it up. Um, and it just creates a tighter, harder market to navigate through. Mortgage Banker Association is, is not seeing signs right now uh, of strong demand. Going back to 2014, we're at the lowest level. Of course, we're at the highest 30-year fix since the year 2000. And we'll continue to see, uh, and we're at the lowest demand, I think, since 1998. This is just going back here to 2014. So you just see where the uh, purchase index is at, uh, well below even the shocking quarter of quarter two in 2020 for uh, Mortgage Banker Association purchase index. It's just coming down to the facts that less people can afford uh, to operate in this market. All right. And the job market continues to be strong. Initial unemployment claims have not broken that 350,000 number, nor are they even close to it. That 350,000 number is the Logan Motoshami number from Housing Wire, uh, where he believes the Fed's not going to be satisfied on pushing up the target rate until we break 350,000 on unemployment claims. We're sitting in the two, the low 200s right now on the four-week average and on initial claims. So we're nowhere close to that. Uh, that's a concern. The, the job market has been very rebellious to what the Fed wants. The Fed's already, in their mind, broke housing. We saw transactions plummet. We're at 4 million annual transactions here for housing. I feel like they've done what they've, they had to do you know, for the housing market or maybe all they can do. Prices have been 
certainly resilient. Uh, but this labor market is just not cooperating. And every report comes out, it, it's defiant of what the Fed wants. Of course, they're going to meet again on October 31st and November 1st. So that's right around the corner. And we'll be looking forward to seeing more uh, inflation reports, obviously, between now and then and tracking where that goes. The Redfin CEO is not only leaving National Association of Realtors in the markets that they're allowed to, of course, because you have some MLSs that just won't allow you to do so yet. Of course, some of those settlements last week might change that. Uh, but the Redfin CEO is also up to more than just that. He's issuing dire warnings on U.S.'s rock-bottom real estate market. The American dream, Glenn Kelman, Redfin CEO, says is in trouble. Let's take a listen from uh, Glenn Kelman himself, the Redfin CEO, on Fox Business, and then I will react to his comments. Get much worse. Redfin CEO Glenn Kelman joins us now. Glenn, good to see you. Okay, I believe you that we are at rock bottom. That's fine. It, that looks that way to me. But the question is, when do we leave rock bottom? Do things turn around anytime soon, sir? No, you'll have to ask the Fed when the market's going to get better because it seems very unlikely that interest rates will ease by the end of this year. So the only real question is whether we're going to catch a break entering the home buying season of 2024. But I think most people have written off the 2023 home buying season. So, Glenn, I'm wondering if you can take us through what some of the ramifications of this rock bottom uh, include. You know, for example, Redfin issued a report recently about home purchases following through at the highest rate in nearly a year just last uh, in, uh, in August. Um, tell us more. You know, what are what are some of the, the issues that you're seeing now? Well, consumers really adjusted to higher rates coming into the summer. And so we had so many people back out at the beginning of the home buying season who decided, I'm ready now. I'm going through with it no matter what. And then rates went up again. Mm -hmm. And so we saw 20 to 25% of deals being canceled over the past four to five weeks because rates cleared 7.5%. But I think the bigger implications are that so many people have stopped believing in the American dream. One in five millennials believe they will never own a home. Mm. And if you don't have that conviction that you're going to get your peace, it's really hard to invest in the long term. It's really hard to believe that society is going to work out for you. So I think we have to come together as a society, <laughs> build more houses and figure out a way that the next generation is going to be able to buy in to our society. If you can pause there. Haley. So I think that's a great point. And the it, yeah. And so what he's saying here is absolutely true. The the belief is really important in an economy. If you can go full screen here, Haley. Um, yeah, there you go. The The belief is really important for an economy to work, for our markets to function properly. Because what happens when you don't have the belief that Glenn is talking about in, in the American dream and being able to buy a home is your savings start to not exist or they start to crumble. It, you know, if a young person doesn't have a belief that they'll ever be able to buy a home, then what would they save for? They start to go YOLO and they're like, screw it. I'm just going to be happy. I'm going to enjoy life. I'm going to spend the money right now. They're faced with if they're if they're actually a home shopper, they're looking at a much elevated price for what they can get from a mortgage versus a rent. The rent offering much 
much less. And that's going to continue into 2004. That gap's going to get wider because there's so much inventory coming out into the rental market, so much new construction coming online the end of this year and beginning of 2024 in the multifamily sector. The most units ever produced is happening and coming online over the next six to 12 months. So you're going to see investors, uh, developers, and landlords start to compete to make sure that their vacancy rate doesn't drop with this new competition. So a young person is looking at, well, I can rent that. That's beautiful. And actually not spend as much money versus buy. Or for those that don't even qualify buying right now, Glenn said one out of five don't even believe they'll ever be able to buy. What would they save for if not to buy into the American dream? You see savings right now being depleted. You see credit cards increasing. Those two are are not only yellow flags, they're red flags for what could be coming in 2024. It's, it's something that is is pretty concerning. I know there's some belief that um, you know it might not be as big of an issue. Anytime you're racking up debt and lowering savings uh, month over month like we are right now, th- there's going to be long-term ramifications to that. Let's go back to the video, Haley, and uh, see more of Glenn on Fox Business. This is obviously Redfin. CEO Glenn Kelman. The Wall Street Journal sort of hit that note this morning. I was talking about how people are discouraged about being able to own homes and other things. And so therefore they are taking the money that they do make and they're just kind of going out and spending it willy nilly, which is one of the reasons that inflation isn't coming down here. Is part of the answer to this what Zillow is trying to do? They want to offer a 1% down payment loan program. It sounds like a recipe for disaster to me because what it says to me is you're incentivizing people to not have a stake in their home. Therefore, if they default on their mortgage or they buy too much and can't handle it later, you create a situation um, that's similar to what we saw in 2008. It doesn't really address the fundamental problem, which is that home affordability is a four-decade low. Prices are up 40% since 2019, and now interest rates have compounded that. And so I think the real issue for us is that this generation owns less than 20% of American wealth entering home buying age. We're talking about the millennial generation, whereas baby boomers own more than 30% of American wealth. So we can come up with creative financing. The piper always has to be paid when that happens. But fundamentally, we have to figure out how to build more houses. And mostly, it has been the red state. I mean, that, that's it. We need, we need more inventory. That's the only solution. And, and this is why the buyer pool is going to continue to shrink heading into 2024. Real estate agents, professionals, brokers, team leaders need to understand this, internalize this, get good with it, understand that going wider uh, is going to be the approach, helping more people, talking to more people, because transactions are, are going to be limited just based off the affordability. You can't build enough homes fast enough. And what, and what are we faced with over the next 12 months? A dumping of new inventory on rentals, which just makes it more lucrative to go rent something brand new that's competitive, you know, competitive in, in not only price, but in amenities and lifestyle for what somebody is going to get. Uh, why wouldn't they, you know, live there, save a bunch of money? Uh, just hopefully they are actually saving it and, and not YOLOing it, which seems to be the trend here over the last six months. Let's look at some more sentiments sentiments from uh, everyday consumers. Could be an indication 
of what we're faced with here in the future. And even as job creation surges, and that's what we've seen. We just we just talked about that. Uh, even as job creation surges, CNBC says Americans still think the economy stinks. Okay, typically when you see a healthy job uh, picture, that's like a cornerstone to a healthy economy. Uh, that is what you look at. Hey, we got jobs, we got low unemployment, and we have job growth. That's a good economy. That that's something that people want to get behind. But of course we're dealing with ridiculous inflation. And so people don't feel that way about the US economy. We've added 2.3 million jobs this year alone. And the unemployment rate is below 4%. But yet there's nearly 10 million job openings. So people who want to look for, you know, get a job, that that 3.8% on unemployment, they could go get a job if they want it. It's available for them. So the job picture is very healthy. It's been very resilient. It's actually been rebellious against what the Fed has want. Um, but because of where, you know, prices are, whether it's food or gas or appliances or rent, it's just all very high. So it's very discouraging for uh, consumers. And this has created a U.S. consumer sentiment index to be at 69.5 here as of August 2023. Now it's up from uh, this is from University of Michigan. It's up from June of 2022 when the rates really started taking off at 50. And it's really at the highest point, I'd say, in the last uh, 14 months, 15 months, but still very low. If you look back in, uh, in February of 2020, before the world changed as we know, know it, uh, the U.S. Consumer Sentiment Index in February 2020 was a 101. Remember, things were going good. It, think about 2019. May of 2019, you were at 100 in May of 2019. 2019, 2020, before March, we were going to have a very normal real estate market. We were going to have, you know, kind of everything was good. Prices, gas was low. Remember, remember that? Remember how cheap gas was? Things were moving. We haven't seen the U.S. Consumer Sentiment Index get back uh, to 100 at any point since February of 2020. In fact, the highest point was April 2021 when we hit an 88.3. Uh, April would be one full year into the panty. And obviously, you know, things started to settle down, but it's it's been on a downhill slide since then outside of the recent pop here in the last uh, in the last six months or so. So U.S. consumer sentiment is down, and it's just likely because prices are still at painful levels. It's very expensive to do anything, uh, especially the doctor, by the way. Those of you that got kids and uh, are paying for your own insurance, like I am, know probably exactly what I'm talking about. What a complete racket. Side note, the, uh, the health industry is in this market. About 10% of consumer items were downsized from 2015 to 2021, while only 4% were upsized. That's according to the Labor Department. So it's not only a combination of inflation, it's also shrinkflation. You're getting less and paying more. Uh, again, the data doesn't often seem to match experiences and the shrinkflation phenomenon, less of a product with the same or higher prices seems to be getting worse. Okay, open a bag of chips. 
bag of chips from now compared to when I grew up, dramatically different. Hasn't been just gas and groceries that are making it feel like the cost of living is out of control. Home prices soared in COVID's aftermath, pushing people out of urban centers into outlying regions, okay? Here's your home price and household income. Ratio of S&P, Case Shiller, U.S. National Home Price Index to U.S. Median Household of Income. We're at the highest level seen since they started recording this back uh, in the or in the 80s, okay? Look at this, at a 1.69. The the peak in the 2006 uh, years were 1.61. So we're at a 1.69 when you look at U.S. median household income to home prices, okay? So th- this, this is why you're going to see more millennials say, you know what, I'll YOLO my extra money and go ahead and rent. So uh, the sentiment, the, the the way people feel about this economy is not in a good place. That usually leads uh, to a potential recession when these feelings continue like this because people just tend to, when they feel this way, uh, compound those feelings with bad spending decisions. It's one of the trends we're seeing right now. Uh, talking about right now, let's just take a quick look where we sit here. Uh, just before the 10 a.m. East Coast hour on the 10-year Treasury yield, we are up over 4.8, 4.804 on the 10-year. Of course, uh, this higher 10-year 10 10-year has resulted in the highest 30-year fixed rate on the Mortgage News Daily Survey that we've seen in the last 23-plus years. On Friday, uh, we set that new record high of 7.81. The Freddie Mac 30-year fixed weekly also had a 23-year-plus high, a 7.49 on the 30-year fixed. Uh, this Wednesday, myself and Tom Tuller are going to be talking about a business plan at 3 p.m. Eastern, 12 o'clock uh, noon. That link will be down below. It is a uh, Zoom webinar open to anybody. After party is going to be on BAMX, so if you want to make sure that you're in on the after party uh, where, where we go a little bit more detail Q&A. That's going to be uh, right after the Zoom, and you can get into BAMX by using code HOT to get 10% off of BAMX right now. That link is also down below. But any but anybody can sign up for the business plan to get prepared for 2024 and what is coming. I believe quarter one of 2024 is going to take a, a more knowledgeable agent, an agent that has the ability to go wide and help more people uh, without burning themselves out. It's a critical part of how you're going to approach quarter one in 2024. How can you put yourself in the best position to help the most people? That's what this market demands. We're going to talk about all of that in the business planning Wednesday at three. Uh, make sure you're subscribed to this channel because I'll be doing this all week, except for Friday. I think we have a special, actually, I think Tom Tool might be the special uh, guest host on Friday for free format Friday. So a little uh, special guest on Friday here of the hot sheet, but looking forward to seeing you guys here every other morning and uh, have a great day. Have a great start to the week. Be productive until tomorrow. Toodaloo.